From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. How goes it Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report? And that means my partner is very happy. Not that it's Black and Blue Report, but that it's Wednesday. And John DeShazer, here as always, um, already reminded me this morning of his favorite commercial on TV. I'm not gonna do the whoop whoop today. We'll let the we'll let the camel whoop, whoop. do it. Okay, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. All right. So in honor of JD and Hump Day, <laughs> Hump Day, a little taste of that Geico commercial. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's Hump Day. Whoop, whoop. So can you match up the camel? Are you are you good enough to try and follow the camel? Well, I can walk around and and scream whoop whoop all day. Whoop, and ask people what time it is, what day it is. Hump day! And not work. I'm good at not working. I uh, can do that it. part, too. I got that part down. All right. Well, we're hoping that you're well and that this finds you well and that maybe you're working hard today yourself. Welcome into this edition of the Black and Blue Report. As you know, John DeShazer is here. I'm Sean Kelly. Producer Dan as well. D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra. And we've got a couple of things lined up for you today that should be of note. Zach Streif uh, makes another appearance on the Black and Blue Report. And Tom Brenneman. Uh, from the NFL on Fox, is here today. Tom will be play-by-play man for the Saints and Texans this weekend, so we catch up with him and get his take on not only the Saints but a few other things around football here on today's show. We'll wrap up at the end of the show with a little post-practice report from the Saints who are working out inside today on Airline Drive, and we'll get you a few of their comments post-practice as we go up at 1 o'clock. By the way, speaking of 1 Central, next week, next week, we're going to try and get the show up for you starting at noon. I know there's been some uh, feedback to us about we'd love to be able to listen to the Black and Blue Report during our lunch hour. So next week, we're going to give it a go. We'll try and get the show up for you by noon central time and uh, have that for your lunch hour. And we'll see how it goes. If, uh, if things are going well and folks are liking that being up at noon, we'll do that as opposed to 1 o'clock. Otherwise, we'll just switch it back to 1 o'clock. I'm not... You know, well, I mean, if the now if the food doesn't digest well, do we get blamed for that? Because we're doing it at lunch. Probably. Okay. All right. I just I just want to make sure. So take a couple of antacids with it. Uh, Something make along it go those down lines. a little smoother. Depends on who the guest is. A shot or who makes the host it go down is. a little smoother. Easy. I know this it's is, Wednesday. I this know is you're New fired. Orleans. Well, this is true. <laughs> Antonio Smith um, of the Houston Texans. We won't see him on Sunday against the New Orleans Saints. Smith alleged or not allegedly, supposedly has been. Uh, suspended for the final two preseason games and one regular season game for ripping another player's helmet off and then taking a swing at said player with that guy's helmet. I think he just grazed him. Good thing he didn't connect fully. This to me, and I'm curious as to your take, this to me seems ludicrous. Are you telling me that two preseason games – which they don't want to play in any way, and one regular season game is enough to fit 
this crime? Well, see, I think it's the crime against the victim, Richie Incognito, who has gone down as one of the dirtiest players in the league uh, for several years running. Now, that doesn't make it right. Well, doesn't make it right at all. But I'm sure some of that went into play because, I mean, this isn't a deterrent for somebody to snatch off a helmet and fling it at somebody or go after his head. Because if you do this in preseason game one, if all you're going to get is three games, you come back for the fourth preseason game, and basically you get to miss all preseason if you're a vet, and that's what they want to do anyway. So this is no deterrent whatsoever. But I think I'm assuming some of this has to do with who the person is and was that he went after. Oh, That don't make it right. Well, I'm just on. saying. All right, all right. So, all right, to, to go on your theory, there's – whining and moaning, and some of it rightfully so, in New York, that Ryan Dempster is only getting a five-game suspension okay, for a starting pitcher for going after A-Rod with a pitch. And now, that here's the deal. Because the way the Red Sox schedule sets up, he's really not even going to miss a start. And the league could have looked at that. They could have fixed that. They so could have said it different. Are, are we saying that both of these scenarios, Antonio Smith and Ryan Dempster, both are having their punishments Based upon who the victims are, I Alex Rodriguez, yes, and Incognito. I absolutely believe that because you can make a punishment to fit the crime, especially in baseball. You can suspend the guy for ten games. You you're gonna assure he misses a start this way. He doesn't even miss a start. Dempster doesn't even miss a start. Now, granted, again, he's throwing at a guy that a lot of people consider to be a sleazeball. And I think that's got something to do with it. I don't care what Major League Baseball says. I don't care what the NFL says. I believe a lot of it has to do with the guy that the offense was committed against. Now, it should be just a level field. And even if you throw at Alex Rodriguez and all the accusations, you still should get for what Ryan Dempster did, who threw at the guy four times, basically. Four times. He got one more game than times he threw at him. Correct. And he's not going to miss a start. (laughs) I mean, that's well, uh, ridiculous. And and I'm taking the ridiculous side on Antonio oh. Smith literally ripped the man's helmet off and then decided to try and knock down the man with that guy's helmet. I think they're that's both like, I That's think like reaching ridiculous. into your pocket and pulling out your gun and then shooting you with your gun. I think they're both ridiculous because if if Smith yanks off, let's say, Peyton Manning's helmet and does something like oh. that. Oh, Tom Brady's helmet, Aaron Rodgers' helmet. You think the WikiLeaks guy is going to get it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) he would be banished to the land of shades. He would never play football again, maybe. I mean, he certainly would not be just a one-game tap on the wrist, which he's appealing. He doesn't even want that much. He's appealing that. (laughs) So, Well, if you're going to suspend him for three games, which this is what this is, then this is the three games suspension, no, but it should start. Yeah. Then oh, yeah. Regular Definitely. season yeah. week one. Yeah. These That's like saying Ryan Braun. Part of his suspension is the forty preseason games. Yeah. They play down in Florida. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Or in Brewers' yeah. case, Arizona. But you get my point on this, yeah, right? The punishment's got to fit the crime. This doesn't uh, fit. Neither one of these fit okay. in any way, shape, or All form. Right. We are in agreement on that. Um, hey, before we get to uh, our first segment uh, today. Uh, I don't know if you're a big YouTube guy, but there's this Georgia Tech thing going on. Oh, see, all the all the students are going back to campus, and now the big thing is a freshman convocation. You know, Mizzou, LSU, all over the place, and then now here at Georgia Tech, this student has given this convocation speech, which is just going crazy all over YouTube. Yeah, I've have seen you, it. Have you seen yeah, it? Yeah, well, right, you know, so, just recently I've seen it. So, so we decided it was it was um, well, it was interesting. 
So we decided to play it for you today, but instead of Georgia Tech, producer Dan has put together his own version of the video. We chose the New Orleans Saints because we want to do the impossible. And this team was equipped with the resources and faculty to help us do just that. And so, in the words of Drew Brees, if I have seen further, it is by standing on the shoulders of giants. The New Orleans Saints. It's proud of its many traditions, but the one I find most exciting is our tradition of excellence. Our mission as fans is not to follow in the footsteps of the astronauts, Nobel Prize laureates, and president who graduated before us, but to exceed their footsteps, crush the shoulders of the giants upon whom we stand. We here are all such innovative people, so I am telling you if you want to change the world you're a Saints fan you can do that if you want to build the Iron Man suit you're a Saints fan you can do that if you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass we're a Saints fan we can do that I am doing that yes yes are you not entertained? Yeah. <laughs> is it Atlanta week yet? This okay. is New Orleans. Well, I'll be stealing from Drew Brees if I say this is New Orleans, right? Right. Okay, I can't steal that. Well, so I could. Right. We got to right. get Drew to say that for us. We That's will. what we got to do. We got to get close to the regular season. Yeah, this is just a little something that we found on YouTube <laughs> that had a little fun with. All right, that's enough fun for one segment. When we come back, we're going to get going on today's Black and Blue Report guest list with... Zach Street. He'll join us right after this. What do you say to someone whose heart is on the line? That at Auctioner, an entire team of experts will collaborate to develop the best treatment for you? That we have procedures so revolutionary they aren't available anywhere else in the region, including breakthrough ways to more effectively manage heart failure and repair heart valves? That U.S. News & World Report ranks Auctioner Medical Center's heart program among the nation's very best? Or that with over 170 heart experts and seven hospitals to choose from, the exceptional cardiac care you need is always close to home? Actually, the most important thing to say is... Your results are back. Everything looks great. Better outcomes. Just one more reason to choose Auctioner. To find a heart specialist near you, Visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. Sure, other fans are hungry for a win. But here in New Orleans, we make sure that you're well-fed, too. With tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. Loving the Saints is like the freshness of Cane's. All day, no quit. The Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints. The offseason for your New Orleans Pelicans has been exciting with all-star Drew Holiday and former Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans being added to a lineup headlined by Anthony Davis and Ryan Anderson. Now, with the release of half-season and 12-game plans at varying price levels, there truly is a ticket plan for every fan. 
Packages start as low as $13 per game and feature the best seat locations to see all-star opponents, including the world champion Miami Heat. Visit pelicans.com or call 525-HOOP to get your seats today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here we check in with one of our regulars, one of our favorites, Zach Streif, is stopping by as uh, preparations continue for preseason game number three. And Zach, I know the practices have been tough here this week so far, but that that the big preseason game that everybody loves to talk about is is on the horizon now. From your perspective, though, is 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 the third preseason week uh, game as big as fans, media, and everybody else wants to make it out to be? To be perfectly honest with you, we haven't even spoken about Houston yet. And I don't suspect we will until a couple of days before the game. I mean, we're still in camp. And when you're in camp, you're not really preparing for opponents. Now, are there things that we want to get better at? Absolutely, because it's our last serious uh, opportunity for, for reps at what we've been working on in camp. So it's important there. Uh, at the same time, you know, the emphasis is on us and getting better and not necessarily on the opponent. And I, and I, and I guess I, I totally get that and it makes sense. But in the, in the respect of, I guess, that the first team, the, the ones and twos on the depth chart seem to always get the most reps during that third preseason game. And therefore, it, it seems to translate with everybody else that this is as close as we'll get to a regular season type situation. Yeah, I mean, I think you want to go into the season with confidence. And the only way to get confidence going into the season is to go out and perform and play well and feel like we know we're on the right path and the right place. So, you know, we want to, I mean, we want to have a good performance. You know, at the same time, we're not game planning a team. We're not when we run red zone plays, we're running plays that kind of work in the red zone and maybe we'd have them in, but we probably, you know, we might not. So, you know, look, we want to go out and and play better than we did last week. I don't think that the scoreboard at the end of the game is necessarily what we're we're focusing on, but at the same time, you want to put good tape on, you know, good game on tape and go into the season with confidence. You know, I I don't want to bring up an injury, but you know, the, uh, the guy with Miami this past weekend, Keller gets his knee blown out. And so we've heard all this conversation, Zach, about, okay, guys can't hit high anymore, and now they're getting mad because guys are going low and, and causing those injuries. For offensive linemen, what are the new challenges, and, and how is the game changing for you all inside that, that mess there? Not tremendously. I mean, they eliminated the peelback block, which I think is a good rule. I mean, I don't think it's ever necessary. It's an easy block to hit someone up in the pads on. You know, uh, there's other places to be nasty on the field. You know, you can be physical and, and all those things other ways. And uh, so I think that's a good ruling, but it's not something we did a lot anyways. You know, we weren't in the past a big cutting team. And look, I'm never going to oppose rules to make the game safer. You know, I don't understand a safety's mentality because I'm not a safety. Um, so maybe that's something that they'll look at down the road. Um, at the end of the day, this is a physical game and guys are going to get hurt and it's a shame. And you see an injury like that, a devastating injury where a guy tears everything and dislocates his knee. Your heart breaks for him. Uh, unfortunately, it's part of our reality. Okay, across campus over there when I'm dealing with those Pelicans guys, all the big post players always tell me about the little tricks that nobody gets to see down there in the post, you know, sure. grabbing shorts, that kind sure. of stuff. What about for offensive line? There's, there's got to be some tricks that guys just inherently have to learn. Yeah, I mean, there's things, there's techniques that we use that you might not see on tape that, or maybe might look like a guy getting beat. You know, we'll do some backdoor type techniques where we let a guy run upfield and pull his back hip, to kind of pull him offline. And, you know, a lot of that's dependent on where the play's going and us knowing that. And, uh, look, you know, they put the umpire behind us. If a guy goes to go inside and there's five people inside of me and there's a mass of people, I'm not letting go of that guy. Is it, a, you know, is it a hold? Yeah, it's probably a hold. 
but they're never going to see it, and it's part of the game. You know, the same way I have a hand in my face every third play. It doesn't get called. It's part of the game, and, and it's part of the, you know, to me, that's part of the chess match that, that you enjoy. You know, it's the back and forth, the one-on-one battle that you enjoy. Yeah, John Sinchcomb told me he never saw a holding call that he agreed with. Yeah, we, we usually don't. Yeah, uh, we're, we're certainly, uh, we're pretty lenient with our holding call beliefs. Um, and, and, of course, I think the D-line are probably a little overzealous sometimes with theirs. And, again, hey, you put competitive guys in there, they want a reason why they won or didn't win or, you know, and, and that's just, that's the nature of uh, the competitiveness out here. All right, so the kids these days love these YouTube videos. And actually, I think they're pretty fun, too. So I was talking to Justin Drescher, and there's other guys. And you see the guy up in Detroit, Kick Alicious or whatever, that they all do these little tricky little YouTube videos now. So I got to think, Zach, that, that you and I can come up with a great YouTube video for offensive linemen, or, or maybe just you specifically. Is there is there a skill set or something that we can make into a YouTube sensation? Absolutely not. Oh, come on. No, no. We, don't, we don't have uh... – look, we have tricks – we have tricks that people will be very unimpressed with. I tell people a lot. The reason that people generally don't like offensive linemen is because they don't understand offensive line play. So when you see a guy make a catch, you know that he caught it. And if you see him drop a ball, you can say, well, if someone threw me the ball, I would catch it. It's very hard for someone to watch the film and say, you know, I would have got my head inside of that three technique and made that reach block. I would have kept my head down. Like, they don't think like that. And, and so we could put stuff on tape that some other linemen would be like, oh, that's pretty good. That's good right. stuff. But... A 12-year-old kid in uh, Wyoming is going to look at him and be like, I don't get it. Zach Streif on the Black and Blue Report. And we'll see him uh, under less hot, humid, and sweaty conditions on the next go-around. Good to see you, though. Good to see you. Next time we'll do it in the AC. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Back after this. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new Black and Gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning Black and Gold Saints tickets in our second-chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your Black and Gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. This is Todd Graves, founder of Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers, being the official chicken of the New Orleans Saints. We're more than just fans of the Saints. We're fans of Saints fans. So on game day, we make sure they're reloaded with tailgates of our fresh chicken fingers and jugs of lemonade and sweet tea. The best chicken fingers around? We got this. Raisin Cane's Chicken Fingers. The official chicken of your New Orleans Saints.
producer Dan uh, keeps threatening us to uh, that he's going to play the outtakes from this show uh, one of these days because he just rolls tape and 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 generally the best stuff is what you cannot hear um, that my mom would probably be embarrassed to hear me say. But um, producer Dan is holding a large amount of weight over JD and myself. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Uh, as we hit segment three, we still have Tom Brenneman to come and today's post-Saints practice report. A um, couple of NBA notes real quick, and I know there's not a whole lot going on, J.D., in the NBA, but uh, number one, by the way, there is a Pelican in play today. Alpha Rukaminu, the chief, is uh, overseas and playing for Nigeria, his home country, in the 2013 Afro Basket Tournament in the hopes of ga- gaining his country's entrance into the, what is it, the World Cup, Producer Dan? The World Cup of Basketball, which is next summer, by the way. I believe he helped Nigeria get into the 2012 games, if I'm not mistaken. The, the Olympic Games. The Olympic yes. Games. Yes. So I guess they're doing the qualifying tournament again and, and all that good stuff. So good good for Chief. You yep. know, hopefully he's um over there working on those skills that will get him on the court for the for the Pelicans and uh and and raise his stakes on the game because now, you know, the the, the stakes have, have raised with this team. Now minutes will not be just given to guys. Yeah, you're going to have to earn what you get with this team now. Uh, we found out from Eric Gordon yesterday, it is um, an anxious time for all of them. They're anxious to see what all they've got here with this new group over there across the parking lot at the new Pelicans practice facility. Uh, and it is a family affair for Aminu. His brother is also playing on that team. I think that was an afternoon game today. For whatever reason, I want to mention that because you may be listening to this at some much later time. Uh, the other uh, news yesterday, there's just so little NBA stuff, but we're getting some stuff to trickle in. This is of the uniform kind. Of course, Pelicans fans were excited about the uniform unveiling, and then a lot of questions were, well, why don't we have a Mardi Gras uniform or an alternate uniform, whatever? Well, NBA rules state that in your first year of a brand change, you can only have the home and the away, and there'll be another addition the following season to the Pelicans' uh, uniform, I guess, wardrobe. I'm all about the home whites. Me too. So the Lakers yesterday, one of the most traditional franchises in the NBA, say they're coming out with their own version of the new Audi Zero short sleeve jerseys. We saw Golden State wear those a couple times last year. These will be white like the alternate ones we saw unveiled, oh gosh, almost 10 years ago, but the ones they were on Sundays. So Laker fans have to get used to a new look. We have to get used to seeing the Lakers in these short sleeve jerseys and I'm hearing that Phoenix is going to be also on board with the short sleeve. This is going to grow. Are you are you okay with I this? I want somebody to put the, the the weed eater on this right here. Let's not let this grow. I, I, this old Patrick Ewing circa Georgetown look, T-shirt thing looky. I, I don't like it. I like I like the traditional tank tops. So maybe I'm just you know, and I don't like the you know the 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 '60s shorts. Um, but <laughs> no, I yeah. want I want the traditional tank tops. I don't want the whole the whole T-shirt look. I saw Golden State in them last year, and I did not like it with them. Uh, certainly, it, it's going to take some getting used to seeing the Lakers running around. In no, that kind no of doubt. Thing. And and I'm a little different. I'm I think I'm okay with this. But this goes back to my whole thing, and I know I catch some flack about this. My personal belief that over the age of say 25, I don't think that a man should wear another man's jersey. Now we've had some discussion on his that. His name on the jersey is what you can, right. Another you man shouldn't jersey. wear a jersey with Eric Gordon's name on the back. Co- correct. Well, that's that's that's, that's me. Your, I, I get. I know you. that I get in you. this town jerseys are big, big, big. I get it. But just for me, I unless it's like Stan Musial or Bob Gibson or you know a legend, if you will, 
I don't think I'm I don't think I'm sporting that jersey. Now, the other thing that is disturbing. So let's say you are not in my camp and you want to wear a jersey. Well, I also think that maybe the sleeveless uh, V-necked basketball jersey that we know is maybe not the look for you. Okay, like for but me, see, that probably wouldn't look very but good. But see, a lot of so, that. But you wear shirts under that anyway. If you're no, a casual no, no. fan, now if you oh, just no, no, if no. you're just some dude. Oh, I've seen. Well, plenty. I've seen it, okay. but I'm just saying that's not the way you you should wear right. it anyway. But I'm just saying that. It, it, I, I, See, I would not be. Doing I don't that. think a fan should wear just the tank without a shirt under it. I don't care if you're built like Adonis. You right. shouldn't do it. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's where I'm going. I think that most men are like us and that they're not going to do that. But this is a, a marketing genius move, I think, here in that you're going to sell more, quote unquote, jerseys by doing the short sleeve jersey because now that guy that's not going to wear the tank top out to a game or whatever. He's going to buy the short sleeve jersey, and that's going to be like wearing a dry fit or Audi fit or whatever brand name you know the whatever they're calling that shirt. I'm just that's tank where guy. this is I mean, going to go. I would wear the tank with the Patrick Ewing look, the t-shirt under it, if I was just a casual fan. Now I can see where you're going with this, with you know, because that kind of encompasses the whole thing, and then you don't have to wear the the you know the t-shirt up under it. You can eliminate right. you that part a, of it. You're just wearing a t-shirt, but it's actually one of the jerseys but i'm just i'm you know i'm traditional guy with the with the tanks i mean i i just i don't like the look for the players so uh, i mean if you're gonna sell those just sell them to the fans and be done with it but i don't like the look for the players i don't like that look for the players all right tweet us let us know what you think at sean kelly live or at john DeShazer or at black blue report we'll take uh, your responses and we'll get back to you on how you all feel about our current conversation here uh our conversation continues here on the black and blue report in a moment with Tom Brenneman, who will be calling the game for Fox on Sunday. Saints, Texans, 3 o'clock Sunday afternoon, and we'll check in with Mr. Brenneman next. What makes Auctioner Primary Care such a great choice? Is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region, some with evening and weekend hours available? Or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans? Could it be because we offer My Auctioner, which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor? Or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex, so you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice? Actually, what you may like the most is... Yes, we have a location near you. Expertise and convenience great reasons to choose an auctioner primary care physician to find one near you visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER that's o-c-h-s-n-e-r auctioner healthcare with peace of mind the second annual saints back to football run presented by chevron will be held on saturday august 31st the 5K race benefiting Team Gleason, the One Fund Boston, and the Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation will include an NFL Play 61-mile fun run for kids. Participants of all abilities will have the opportunity to race through the streets of downtown New Orleans towards the finish line at the 50-yard line of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Gumbo and Sir Saint, along with the Saint Stations, will be on hand to cheer on participants, and a post-race party with live entertainment and a beer garden will take place in Champion Square. All participants will receive a Saints Back to Football Run shirt 
a commemorative finisher's medal, and an NFL-approved bed. Registration is now open at nflrunseries.com slash saints. Welcome back to today's edition of the Black and Blue Report. We're, we're getting closer to the weekend, and, and that means, of course, a game time once again, and probably out of all the preseason games, number three is the most fun for fans to watch. We'll get as close as we can to a regular season game when the Saints take on the Houston Texans this weekend, and fans should know that they'll see the game on the NFL on Fox this weekend. And so we get the big boys involved, and that means Tom Brenneman has the call of the game on Sunday afternoon, and he is more than gracious enough to join us here today on the Black and Blue Report. Tom, good morning. I hope that you're already getting ready for football, not just this weekend, but for the fall in general. Looking forward to it, Sean. Thanks for uh, having me on and, and very much looking forward to doing the game this week. And you're right about getting the third preseason game because the last couple of years we've had either the first or the second. And I would suspect the third one might be a little better to handle. At least, Tom, we would think that we'll see the regulars, at least the ones and the twos for at least a half on Sunday. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. But, you know, I, I mean, I got to tell you, you know, Sean, I, I, it seems like a, a, a league-wide trend where, you know, and you can understand why, um, of some of these teams that even if they have, you know, very minor injuries to players, you know, that, that proverbial, hey, if this was a regular season game, they would play. But leading up to the start of the regular season, you know, take Marcus Colson, for example. Now, he, he's been dealing, you know, obviously with that foot injury going even back to last year. You know, how much are you really going to play him in this game? I don't know yet. I mean, Sean Payton hadn't come out and said exactly how much he's going to play. But, I mean, if I'm the Saints, you know, why am I going to take a chance on Marcus Colston, you know, further injuring that foot in a preseason game? And, you know, you look at some of the other, Robert Griffin III. Uh, there's some people out there that feel like, hey, this guy, you know, should get on the field for some game action instead of waiting until it's, you know, the season opener. So I think you're seeing more and more teams do that with guys if they have, you know, any kind of injury that they're just not going to play much. Now, there will be some guys who, who obviously are going to want to get out there. I mean, you can't just sit everybody and play a bunch of backups. Guys need to get some reps. But um, I think around the league, and including this game, we're going to see some guys who, who just aren't going to play as maybe as much as we hope. I think you make a great point, and you've been doing this a long time. So I'm curious as to what you think about this um this uh, conundrum, I guess. Are we seeing more injuries this preseason for whatever reason, or has the coverage, Tom, become so ubiquitous that we just hear about it more than we ever did before? I think the latter rather than the former. I'm, I'm not sure there's any documented information. I could be wrong. I mean, you know, I don't sit around every single day and look at every single energy injury that takes place uh, in the NFL. I, you know, I concern myself, and it's not to dismiss that. It's just, just trying to concern myself with starting – you know, with a regular season, who's going to be playing. But it's, it is interesting to note, and Brian Billick, my partner, and I have talked about this, and this has been thrown out there. He's not the only one that's brought it up. But there are some people that will make the argument that the lack of contact and the infrequency in this new collective bargaining agreement, the infrequency of practice, the infrequency of hitting, which is almost, you know, an oxymoron, is leading to some, some significant injuries. That when the time comes when guys uh, are, you know, uh, forced to, to make contact, uh, maybe they're being pushed a little bit more because they have to jam everything in to get ready for a preseason game uh, rather than having the time they used to have on the practice field, um, that some of the players are just not physically ready 
to withstand what they have to withstand once you blow that whistle and play for real. I don't know if I buy that or not, but it is an interesting theory. It's very interesting, and and I hear it a lot too. And so, therefore, usually when you hear it that much, maybe there is some credence. I, I'm with you, though. I'm not so sure I'm ready to to buy into that. Yeah, just I mean, yet. you know, I I think a lot of times, Sean, you know how this goes. I, I think a lot of times you get people that, you know, the old echo effect, where you know I say something and you think it's a pretty good idea, and the next thing you're saying it, the next thing fifteen other people say, it, and then everybody thinks, well, there, there actually might be some accuracy to this. I mean, until somebody were to show me that. You know, firm statistical data that there are more players uh, having injuries to X, Y, and Z, significant injuries now. Uh, you know, and, and, and the problem is, is you don't have really a lot of that medical data that goes back because, I mean, just look at the, the topic of concussions. I mean, you know, who knows how many concussions guys were having when they were out there in two a days and hitting, you know, four hours a day. I, I don't know the answer to that. No, neither does anybody else. Tom, it's, um, it's, it's a curious situation with regard to this third preseason game for the Saints. I think, well, maybe not so quietly, I think they're fairly excited that they're getting their their full rehearsal game against a team like Houston that has been in the top tier of AFC teams that seems to be very well-rounded and could give them on Sunday a real look at what they're doing well and perhaps what they're not doing well. Oh, I think there's some validity uh, to that. I mean, you know, these are two teams that have a legitimate chance at the playoffs when all said and done at the end of this year. And it is, it is always a good barometer to get an idea of where you are. You know, for coaches, you, you're practicing against one another. Now you'll have a couple of games, obviously, to the start of the preseason where it doesn't matter who you're playing. You're just playing so many backup guys at that point. But to now come into the game, as we've talked about already, that is the most significant, considered the most significant preseason game for most teams around the NFL leading up to the season opener, to kind of get a barometer on where you are. And i got to be honest with you, I think Houston kind of feels that way. Houston has had some some significant player turnover uh, over the last couple of years, and, and they've got some issues of their own they need to get through to figure out where they are. So I think this is going to be a really interesting game uh, for both of these teams. Tom, take fans inside the broadcast booth. This will be their first network game they watch this season. Um, for you as a broadcaster, especially at the network level, preparing for two teams that right now, because it is preseason, are riding their rosters up near 80 players, at least in the Saints' case, and I'm sure Houston's close to that number. But that just seems like a monumental task It is as far as getting ready and then being able to convey a knowledge on such a breadth of players for a weekend game like this. Well, look, so I'm not going to know everything about every player going into that game. I mean, I could sit here for, for 18 hours every single day and try to learn about every guy. It's just not going to happen. But... You know, you always ask for cooperation from the teams, and Lord knows the Saints. I mean, they're 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 as good as anybody in this league as far as if you're a broadcaster or a writer or a member of the media. They just do such a phenomenal job there. Um, and so, you know, you're going to lean on Sean Payton um, and lean on Rex Ryan uh, or Rob Ryan. I'm sorry to tell us about. You know, maybe some of these guys that we're not familiar with, some of the undrafted, for you know, Rufus Johnson, for example, I think is an interesting guy. You know, comes out of a Division II school, his size, changing. But tell us a little bit more about him and his chances of making the roster. It doesn't have to be a ton. But, you know, Chris Collinsworth um, lives here in, in, in Cincinnati, and, and I see him, you know, from time to time. And he and I were talking about doing a, a, a preseason game a couple of years ago because I had never done one. 
And I thought he gave me the best advice that I have, I've heard from anybody as it pertains to this. You know, he said, look, there might be a lot of people out there that think preseason football to watch on television, you know, is a drag. And there are a lot of other things you'd like to be doing as far as, you know, just the person that has a choice of turning on the television or not. But one thing you always got to remember when you're doing these games, I mean, it's one thing to sit around and talk about Drew Brees and Marcus Colston and Arian Foster and you know, all these kind of guys who are going to be talked about the entire year, year after year, their careers, guys going to the Hall of Fame, all that kind of thing. But in these preseason games, there might be a defensive back for the Saints who intercepts a pass um, and runs it back for a touchdown. Let's use Jericho Nelson as an example. Now, whether or not that young man's going to make the roster there's been a lot written about that, a lot said about that, whatever the case may be. And good Lord willing, he'll go on and have a, an all-pro career, and that whole thing will happen. But there's also a chance that he doesn't make the team. And you don't know if he's ever going to make a team. And, you know, if he comes out and plays the best game he's ever played in his life, you owe it really to the kid, his family, um, and people who have been an important part of his life to try and at least know something about him. And so, you know, I, that's the way I kind of look at it, and I thought it was great advice. And so, you know, for those, for those young men who are out there trying to, to build a career for themselves and, in this case, make a football team, you know, I, I think it, it, it's bestowed upon us to try to do the best we can to talk about them and, and not act like they're just some guy that's just filling up space uh, in a preseason football game. Well said. Tom Brenneman with us from the NFL on Fox. Uh, Tom, before I let you go, I know it's August, but uh, why not ask you? Are there a couple of teams that you envision being there late in January? Is there is there a team or or several that have what it takes even this early to to say that they're at the top right now? You know, I, I think the chic pick, obviously, in the NFC seems to be the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, although their offseason has, you know, there's just there's just been a bad vibe to me coming coming out of that team for some reason. I know that sounds kind of hocus pocus, but what the heck, we're on in New Orleans, so why not? Right? <laughs> But, you know, there's just something that doesn't feel right. Now, they might go undefeated, but, you know, they're short on receivers. They're moving guys from tight end to wide receivers. I know they've got the defense, but they've lost a couple of key components on their defensive side. Uh, Kaepernick, uh, our team's able to make adjustments to the kind of you know, style of offense he's running. We'll find out about that. Um, you know, Atlanta is a team that, that, to me, you know, obviously they can score a lot of points. Uh, much like the Saints, I always wonder – when really when it gets down to game winning or game losing time, will their defense make a play to win a game for them? That's why the Saints were able to win a Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and the Falcons have not won one. Because even though the Falcons statistically had a great year last year, they they you know on defense, it just seemed like every time we had them, they couldn't make the play. You know, you look at the in the in the game against Seattle. Now, they won that game in the playoffs, but that was because their offense pulled it out at the very end. You know, but anyway, so, you know, Seattle appears to be a team that is very dangerous. So that's a very, you know, they're a fun team to watch. Very aggressive team, uh, very in-your-face kind of team. Um, and, you know, then you look over on the other side and the Packers, I think. I still think when all said and done, despite some of their, you know, issues that are going on in the offensive line, look like the, the, the top teams to me in the NFC. But, you know, hey, look. Who knows? Who knows? And I think the Giants will be better than they were last year. Um, 
Tom Coughlin, I think, is good at any any coach is really there's ever been in the NFL. I just, I just think the world of Coughlin and the job he does, and I think you'll have that team ready to play. We shall see. Does Tom, does Tom Brenneman, by the way, do Twitter? No, I do not. Okay. I was going to pass it along if need be, but certainly want to finish by saying I appreciate very much with your uh, schedule with the Cincinnati Reds and your NFL prep that uh, we get you for a few minutes today. Really, really appreciate it, Tom. Anytime, my friend. Always nice being with you. Thank you, sir. Tom Brenneman from the NFL on Fox, the Cincinnati Reds, and a host of other broadcasting responsibilities. We'll be right back after these messages. Somewhere in a town like the one you're in, there is a person like you headed to a store to buy Bud Light. However, these Bud Lights give you a chance to win prizes that are best described as music firsts, like Monster DNA headphones, access to tracks and merchandise from today's hottest artists, and even tickets to one of Bud Light Music First's history-making 5051 concerts on August 1st. But before people like you can win, they need to head to a place where Bud Light is sold. It's finally here, Bud Light Music First. Enter the code inside specially marked packages of Bud Light for your chance to win one of over 500,000 music prizes all summer long. Visit BudLight.com slash Music First for rules and more information. Bud Light Music First. It's the sound of history being made. Here we go. No purchase necessary. Open to U.S. residents 21 and over. Ends 8-15-13. To play without purchase, mail your name, email address, and age to Music First Game. P.O. Box 753-726, El Paso, Texas, 88575. Void where prohibited. Enjoy responsibly. A.B. St. Louis, Missouri. Hey, New Orleans Saints fans, show your true colors and get in the action with the all-new black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Play all three seeds. You have to play to win. That's right. Enter your non-winning black and gold Saints tickets in our second chance drawings for a chance to win autographed Saints merchandise or one of four Saints game day prize packages. Next entry deadline is September 3rd. Pick up your black and gold Saints scratch-off from the lottery. Win up to $100,000. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get text messages with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. taking a break from Mayor Landrew's pothole repair crew. Once again, here's Sean Kelly. Winding things down here on this Wednesday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Practice is now complete as we tape our final segment of the show and get it ready to deliver to you. But before I bring J.D. back in, real quick here, here's uh, head coach Sean Payton following today's workout. Today's practice was, again, third down. We had some two-minute situations. It was a little shorter than than we've normally been. We cut a period out, uh, but overall I thought it went pretty well. So I've got one transaction. Jason Smith was released yesterday and uh, we didn't bring in anyone. We just, we cut one more, one more roster spot down. All right, JD. So a roster move, Jason Smith, who had kind of tumbled down the depth chart there. And that means that Teron Armstead is now uh, the number two guy at left tackle. Uh, other than that, it seemed like we're, we're now in the middle of what we thought would be a real long week here as they went from Friday, this past Friday, all the way now up until Sunday to play a preseason game. Exactly. I mean, they're still working Saints against Saints as opposed to installing any of the Texans uh, offense or defense. I think they're going to wait until Friday to do that. 
And, and again, you know, the Jason Smith release, not huge news. I mean, he came in kind of as an underdog. And certainly since Charles Brown has not relinquished his stranglehold on that position, it was going to be difficult. And he did tumble down the depth chart. And if you're going to have a veteran who's going to be either number three at your tackle or number three at your guard or something like that, you might as well go with the young guys. Yeah, really the only surprising thing here is this is this is a guy who has bounced around and was a very, very high draft choice and just frankly has not – has not panned out. Marcus Colston kind of got the day off today. Again, they're being very careful about him. I can't think of too many other notable things from practice today. Um, off the top of your head, I know we're wrapping up the show. No, I mean, that's pretty much the most significant thing. Marcus did work the last day, so, you know, for him to get a bit of rest today wasn't a huge surprise. They're trying to, you know, minimize his work in training camp and in practice, get him ready, mostly for the for the season opener. I mean, he can do without the reps. You just want him ready for September 8th. All right, check out NewOrleansSaints.com. We'll have a full uh, New Orleans Saints afternoon wrap with um, not only more um, uh, sound bites, but um, – We'll flesh things out a little bit more as far as practice goes during that uh, in that forum on NewOrleansSaints.com a little bit later today. Any uh, written piece you've got for us later? Well, we're going with Will Smith today. Just um, another update on him. We, you know, chronicled him a couple of weeks ago, and just to see how he's going now, two two games in, seems to be a little bit more comfortable at a, at his position. But you know, I won't give the whole thing away. You got to read. All right, don't forget you can get us on. Yeah, we will read. I promise. <laughs> you can get at us on Twitter uh, at Black Blue Report. At Sean Kelly or at John DeShazer. Uh, but producer Dan, what's your what's your Twitter handle over there? D Salerson. D at D Salerson. You never know what you might get from producer Dan over there, so check that out. Otherwise, don't forget to check out the new New Orleans Saints app where you can also hear this program. Uh, also, this program available, as you know, on iTunes and on the team websites, pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Tomorrow's show, going to be a good one. Tight end Jimmy Graham. Voice of the Saints, Jim Henderson, and our weekly tailgating segment will get you something new. to. I'm, I'm not sure what Chef has prepared for us, but it could be something for the grill or whatnot for this weekend. So tune in tomorrow. That new show, again, up at 1 p.m. Central tomorrow. And we hope that you'll keep on following us here daily as we're endeavoring to bring you the Black and Blue Report at its finest. J.D., have a great rest of your Wednesday. You too, my friend. Thank you, sir. And for all of you as well. And we'll talk to you tomorrow right here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 1 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.